Hello and welcome to the Medical Humanities Podcast, the official podcast of BMJ's Medical Humanities Journal. We invite you to listen in and join the conversation from academic discussions happening in our journal to interviews with filmmakers and artists and global perspectives on health and medicine from around the world. Stay up to date with public discussions that matter to medicine and to the humanities because life happens at the intersections. I'm here today with Eugene Gu, who is a physician scientist interested in finding cures for deadly heart and kidney diseases, especially in babies. He graduated from Stanford University with honors and earned his MD degree from a Duke University School of Medicine, and he's also a former Howard Hughes Medical Institute research fellow and president of a research institute, a nonprofit dedicated to fetal tissue research for congenital diseases. Good morning and welcome, Eugene. Hi, Brandy. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm mostly here today because I'm interested in talking to you a bit about the U.S. situation right now and how health is so impacted by policies, particularly relating to immigration. I know you've been quite vocal about that, and I wondered if you could tell us a bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what's going on in the United States uh, regarding the uh, immigration crisis is a huge travesty, not only for, uh, you know, basic human rights and the rule of law, but also um, it, it affects everyone in the medical field, too. Um, you know, as a lot of your listeners may know, um, you know, the Trump administration is actively uh, stripping children from their mothers and uh, putting them in basically what are internment camps. Um, and uh, this has a lot of, uh, you know, you know health and complications and, and, and problems for us as a society, too. Um, you know, what, one thing that really bothers me a, a, about this issue, aside from all the horrendous, uh, you know, human rights violations, is uh, the administration was talking about doing DNA testing uh, to reunite uh, the children with their families. And while that may sound like a great scientific idea, an efficient, effective way to get the children back with their mothers, uh, that has a lot of um, really harrowing privacy rights abuses uh, that, that can affect not only all the immigrant children and their families, but everyone in the United States. Uh, you know, with all these DNA testing kits from companies like 23andMe and Ancestry, um, we're giving our, you know, very private, intimate genetic information uh, to these companies and we don't even know what kind of uh, you know future implications this might have with uh, increasing technology. You know, so uh, you know we're like basically taking DNA without the, the consent of the children, and probably storing that information on these massive databases. And, and that's quite scary to me as, as a physician scientist. I can understand that entirely, and I have heard this a lot from physicians and other people, nurse practitioners and health practitioners, about what the long-term effects of this kind of stress is. Can you speak to that? Yeah, uh, you know, the, the trauma of uh, a child being separated from his or her mother is something that I, it, I just can't even describe. You know, it, it's the most harrowing thing a human being can probably go through, and that stays with you for the rest of your life. You know, um, even just me living a normal life, I still remember what it was like when, you know, it was my first day of kindergarten and I had to be separated from my mom. And that is nothing compared to what these children go to. 
Yet I think all of us can remember the first time we were, you know, separated from our parents because we had to start school and we were in a very safe, protected environment. Imagine being separated from your parent, you know, uh, and thrown into a jail. You have absolutely no idea what's going on. And it's just the most scary, traumatic thing you could ever experience. So much of what's happening right now with the administration seems not to be taking into consideration the long-term ramifications. Do you have advice or ideas about how the medical community can respond? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in terms of the, you know, the long-term future of, of the medical community and how we can respond to this immigration crisis, I think you know, first and foremost, it's important for all of us to adhere to our you know, Hippocratic Oath and to make sure that we don't do any harm to these children, especially when uh, sometimes they come under our care um, when, when they're detained. You know, for instance, I don't know if many of your listeners know this, but there are uh, psychiatric treatment facilities in which uh, you know, they're overseen uh, by a physician or a physician is there uh, to like, you know, give out medications to the children. And there's a really big scandal going on right now where there is a facility in Texas that uh, is holding all these all these children, and they were given, you know, just a laundry list of psychoactive medications, you know, medications uh, that you only give to people to sedate and subdue them, uh, almost like a chemical restraint uh, to make the detention easier. And you know, there's a there's currently a, a court case pending about the human rights abuses in that situation. But what it seems like, it seems like the physicians who were giving out those medications were violating their Hippocratic Oath. And so I think, you know, moving forward from this point, every physician in the United States must stay true to the Hippocratic Oath that we swore to first do no harm. And especially when we have vulnerable populations coming into our country, you know, these immigrant children and their families, we can never, you know, it's so important for us to make sure that we protect them and don't do any harm to them as a, as a, you know, as a medical professional. Because as we've seen in the past, when doctors do harm to vulnerable populations, uh, which you know, which has happened in the United States before with the Tuskegee trials and everything else, you know, that's a big stain on us morally. Um, it, it's a stain that lasts forever throughout history, and we have to really be careful not to do the same abuses that we have done before. That's a really important point, and uh, the United States history, of course, speaks, unfortunately, um, to that. And what I want to ask last as we're wrapping up here is, can you say a bit more about your own work and how it is that you as a physician have become so involved in social justice? I know that you write for a number of outlets about these issues, and I just wonder if you can say a bit more to us about what that's like to be both a physician who is a care worker, but is also somebody who is very interested and invested in social justice. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, so the research that I you know first got involved in um, was uh, involving fetal tissue. Actually, I wanted to cure congenital heart and kidney diseases in babies. You know, babies who have hypoplastic left heart syndrome, where uh, they're missing the left ventricle of their heart, and so they only have half their heart, uh, you know, beating. And then, uh, you know, uh, another deadly disease called bilateral renal agenesis, where babies are born without any kidneys. You know, without kidneys, it's not compatible with life. And so I just wanted to figure out a way to help these babies so that they can survive into adulthood. And the most logical 
choice uh, to do that, the most logical method was using fetal tissue because these were babies. And so uh, I found a way to successfully transplant human fetal hearts and kidneys into immunocompromised rats to make you know a human fetal model for, for many of these congenital diseases. Um, and we were making pretty good progress. Uh, but then, as you know, the whole undercover Planned Parenthood controversy kind of rose to a head. And that was just a firestorm of politics, a religion, uh, science, basically every hot button issue that you could think of all combined into one big gigantic media controversy. And it was quite a scary time, not just for myself, but for many other researchers who were involved in stem cell research and fetal tissue. Um, I even ended up getting subpoenaed by Congress for the research that I did. Uh, and that's actually what got me interested in speaking out politically and for social justice. Uh, I never thought that I would have you know, two armed U.S. Marshals come to my apartment in Nashville, almost banging down my door to give me a, a subpoena from Congress. You know, it was, it was a shock. I thought that if I just focused on science and just focused on my work and focused on being a doctor, that I wouldn't have to deal with any of these com complicated political and social and economic and you know social justice issues. Um, but once that happened, I realized that we live in a very interconnected world. All the subjects are all connected with each other. And we as people are all connected to each other too. So you can't just focus on your own little work and not care about the world at large. They're all very much related. And so that's when I started getting involved with social media and speaking out especially speaking out about women's reproductive freedom. You know, uh, since I had a lot of you know, personal experience with that doing the research and seeing that, you know, these women who uh, you know, were, were donating their fetal tissue, they weren't getting any compensation. They weren't getting any recognition for this. They were only doing that in order to have the hope of helping other people. And they were, you know, vilified for that. And I thought, wow, all these... Women, they didn't even want anything from anybody else. They're trying to give to society um, out of the, you know, something tragic happening to them. And then they were punished for it. And it just, um, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And so I began speaking out uh, and getting involved. That's that's wonderful. And Eugene, I really appreciate you being with us today. And I want to just uh, end on that point that you made that there's no such thing as a kind of you can go do science and not be part of the of the rest of the world. Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure being on the the show with you. Thank you for listening to the Medical Humanities podcast. Stay in touch by reading the journal or our blog online. Just follow the links in the episode description. We're also on Twitter at medhams_bmj, or find us on Facebook. Until next time.